you are Locked On A's. Your daily Oakland A's podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's time for Locked On A's. Stepping to the mic, it's your host, Jason Burke. Thank you, Amelia. And how's it going, A's fans? Welcome to episode 306 of the Locked On A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, noted baseball fan, Jason Burke. And on today's episode, I am talking about the poor showing from Oakland in Oakland against Boston uh, going over Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and just some some random things. Obviously, the story right now is to talk about the A's offense without Mark Canna. So I've got some stats for that. Um, also talking about the bullpen. They looked a little bit better in this weekend series. So that was a nice plus. Uh, I'm talking about Chris Bassett. Well, first off, I'm talking about uh, Matt Olson being named to the All-Star game on, you know, next week. But also uh, Chris Bassett not being named to the All-Star game because there is an easy, easy way to get him into that game. And I'm going to explain the how. And also he might still do it. But I want to be angry for this episode and then, you know, hopefully it works out in the long run. And then in the third segment, Rob from Twitter asked me to go over whether or not I think that the A's can hit uh, elite pitching in the playoffs because this group doesn't look like they have it. So I've got some fun, fun things to go over for that and try and give myself a little bit of hope on that front. So that's what I got coming up for you guys today. But before I get into anything, if you're the type of baseball fan that can't help but get giddy over prospects, we have the podcast for you. And that is the Locked On MLB Prospects Podcast hosted by minor league play-by-play voice Aram Layton, good friends of the show. And it is the only daily podcast devoted entirely to the stars of tomorrow. Follow the Locked On MLB Prospects podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. Also, make sure to follow this podcast wherever you like hearing podcasts. You can follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at by Jason B on Twitter and in the Spotify Green Room app, probably going live on Thursday. Uh, that, just a guess, but uh, that's that's the plan for right now. And then uh, if you have any questions for us, you want me to talk about a trade or you know just other things on the show, email me at LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com and I will get those worked into the show. So with all that out of the way, let's talk about this weekend series against the Boston Red Sox. Uh, in the finale, the Red Sox won one to nothing over the A's. The A's had a two and four week uh losing two out of three to both the Texas Rangers and the Boston Red Sox. The Red Sox are a little bit easier to swallow just because uh, the Red Sox are a very, very good team this year. And the A's were in those games as well. So I'm going to get into that a little bit, but the A's right now sit at 49 and 37. They're three and a half games back of the Houston Astros. They have a huge three-game series coming up in Houston on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. That is going to be... uh, either very good or very bad for this team heading into the all-star break. And I'm going to be talking all about it on tomorrow's episode. Oh, a uh, quick uh, show note, I guess. Uh, I have not been able to nail down a time with Tony Kemp. I thought that it was going to be posting tomorrow. I apologize. It will not be. We've been playing phone tag or email tag and uh, just have not been able to work out a time just yet. Uh, but uh, my hope is to still get him on the show, so I apologize. I probably should have kept that one under the hat, and I, I was I was too excited. I was like, mm, 
Tony, actual Tony Kemp. And I got too excited. So I apologize. That's that's more my bad than his bad. Um, but hopefully he gets on the show. We can talk about the amazing season that he's having um, and all of that stuff. But let's talk about the weekend series against the Boston Red Sox. On Friday, the big play of the game was Seth Brown tagging and uh, Kike Hernandez throwing him out at the plate in the 10th inning. And that was just ridiculous. I'd, why was he running? Why was he running? I, it was such a shallow fly ball. He's not like the fastest guy. It's not like he's Billy Hamilton out there or, or any, but he's got like average speed, maybe a little bit better. He's not great. Um, and then when he did score the game winning run on Saturday, he like barreled into the catcher. He's like, I scored the game's over. Get out of the way. And I thought that was hilarious <laughs> given the context of how the game had gone before. Um, and on Sunday, the Sox scored on a double play, which I mean, yeah, that that's Kind of how you drop that play if you're the A's. You're like, yeah, get the two outs. Everything's fine. We'll score another run. But that's the only run that got allowed to the Boston Red Sox, the vaunted Red Sox lineup on Sunday because uh, James Caprillion has just been fantastic this season. He went seven innings, gave up five hits. He allowed an earned run. He walked one. He struck out 10. Uh, quick math on the top of my head here. Uh, I believe that he's gone 12 innings against these Red Sox who have been one of the best teams in baseball all season and has now given up one run and they scored that on a double play. So James Caprillion, he is uh, he is on my postseason roster right now and he, I don't know which game I'm having him start because you got Bassett and Manaya too, but oh man, that... That's good stuff right there. I really like having those three, and that's going to come in a little bit later in the third segment if I can fit it in. But I've got some thoughts about the A's rotation as well. And then on Saturday, uh, they somehow got the win. That was a weird, weird game. There was unearned runs. Uh, they probably shouldn't have won that game, but the, the bullpen kept them in it for long enough where the Red Sox, for the first two innings of extra innings, didn't move that ghost runner, that Manfred runner, over to third base. That is the easiest thing you can do in extra innings is just move the runner over. You can bunt. You can have a sack fly. You can get a hit. It, it took them until the third extra inning of the extra innings to get that runner. I mean, home, obviously, but uh, over to third base. And I had a tweet and it's probably my fault that they scored at all because I had the tweet ready if uh, if they had gotten out of it and uh, they did not. They allowed two runs. It was not great. But um, yeah, that, that was the weekend series. It was a lot closer. It, it felt close, but at the same time, it felt like the A's were just getting outplayed because they couldn't get their offense going. Um, it, it just, it was a weird, confusing series. Not a fan. And I did want to drill home on one thing that I thought was just a big problem in Sunday's game. Obviously, the A's only got four hits. They got shut out in that game. Uh, and it was the launch angles that they had on all of their exit velocities because it was ridiculous. Uh, there was uh, one that was 12 degrees. I think that was Matt Chapman in the first. I'm, I'm not positive on that. That one's fine. You know, 12 degrees, that's a little bit lower than you want, but that's a line drive. That's not terrible. And then get ready for uh, some, some varying numbers here. 75, which is a pop-up. 54, pop-up. 42, pop-up. 37, kind of a fly ball. Uh, 41, same thing. 86, pop-up. 76, pop-up. Negative 25, straight into the ground. Then you got eight, which is kind of a line drive, so that's good. Uh, 88, pop-up. Negative nine, right back into the ground. Anything with a negative, straight into the ground. That's not good. Uh, 49, pop-up. 58, pop-up. Negative 34, straight into the ground. Uh, 42, not great. 76, 56, negative one, which is actually uh, Matt Olson's hit in the ninth right there. 79, negative 18. The A's swing planes were not on it. And 
you can put that up to uh, Nick Pavetta and the Red Sox bullpen changing speeds. You could do any number of things, or maybe just the A's are, the A's looked tired heading into this all-star break right now. And that is not what you want to see. You'll want to see a team finish strong. Uh, I forget the year, but I remember that the A's were kind of down uh, heading into the break. And then they went to Arizona and this is like the early two thousands and I, maybe it was 2006. I'm not positive. Um, but they, they went into Arizona, they swept the series and every, and, Going into that all-star break, you're like, yeah, this A's team is going to come out on fire. And then they did, and uh, everything was great. But this team is almost like waiting for the all-star break to come. But they stopped playing two weeks ago, and it's just not working out for them. And uh, it's a little bit worrisome, especially with this big, big series against the Houston Astros on the docket. You got to hope, as an A's fan, you have to hope right now that Monday's off day, today's off day, will somehow reset them enough uh, to go out and win at least two out of three against the Houston Astros because you can't afford to lose all three, obviously. You can go one out of three, but you really want to get that second win, and it's going to be a tough task. I'll go over the pitching matchups on tomorrow's episode because I got a lot to get to today. Uh, one thing that I do want to mention, though, is this weekend series with J.B. Wendelkin in the bullpen, and I know that he was in the bullpen for a couple of games when uh, the A's were still playing in Texas or against Texas, but uh, in this series against a very, very good team, uh, the A's bullpen went 11 and a third innings pitched, gave up six hits, three runs, but only one of those was earned because two of those were the Manfred ghost runner. So those don't necessarily count. You can go with three runs either way. It's a sub three ERA. So they, they were either dominant, absolutely dominant, or, you know, up, still a, a very big upgrade over what we've been seeing. So whichever one you want to take, it, there's there was the stats. Uh, and then there was also a walk and nine strikeouts. So the A's bullpen was actually looking very, very good. And I think that having J.B. Wendell come back helps to define a lot of these roles a little bit better, where it's not use Mero Petit because uh, he would be the fireman. But now J.B. Wendell can, can be that guy or vice versa. And you have just that extra reliable arm in the bullpen. And now everybody has more defined roles and you don't got to rely on just these three guys each and every game. You can use three one day, four or and two other guys the next day. And uh, if, with the A's starting rotation pitching the way they have been, uh, I'll get into it here in the next segment with some guys that have been dealing. But um, yeah, it's just the A's bullpen with Wendelkin is a lot better. And I know that the A's still need an arm or two in that bullpen to really help with... Uh, how we feel about the A's bullpen, but I like having him in there and barring any injuries. And I mean, maybe they even get Trevor Rosenthal back. I'm not counting on that right now, but it's, it's a possibility that he could be back. And if he's good, then all of a sudden you guys, they got six guys that they could potentially rely on. And uh, that, that makes me feel a lot better. But the current problem with the A's not being able to score is basically the outfield because Ramon Laureano has not been doing much. And then the other four guys listed on the roster right now are uh, Seth Brown, Sky Bolt, Chad Pender, and uh, Steven Piscotty. Piscotty is just coming back from injury and he can crush lefties, but you don't really want him in there against righties. Brown and Bolt. Brown had that one good game on Saturday, but and he's been hitting the ball. But uh, I looked at his stats on those hard hit balls from uh, Sunday, which is why I got into that little launch angle uh, equation right there. And uh, they were both pop-ups. So 
he hit the ball 97 miles an hour, but they were straight pop-ups. So that's not what you want. Skybolt hasn't really been doing much with the bat, and Chad Pinder has been in a huge funk for since he got back from the IL. So uh, right now, the A's outfield is not great. They need another outfielder. I've mentioned Joey Gallo on the podcast before, and uh, when I mentioned him on Twitter, and I was like, hey, what would you guys give up for Joey Gallo? Everybody's like, why aren't we focusing on the bullpen right now? I'm like, I mean, because this is me. I didn't say say this on Twitter, but I I do feel like the bullpen could potentially be okay if everybody comes back healthy and Trevor Rosenthal comes back and he's doing okay. Uh, So that is a worry, yes, but I don't want them to get into a bidding war over Richard Rodriguez. I don't think that that is smart for the short or long-term future of the Oakland days, and uh, I don't know that they have the talent to compete with all of the other teams that also want Richard Rodriguez, and outside of him, who do you actually want? Um, so that's going to be an interesting one to go over when the A's don't get him, because I don't think that they're going to at this point. So that basically leaves the A's need an upgrade in right field, and that would be Joey Gallo. I don't know who else they could go after uh, and potentially have enough prospect capital to go after and I think that Joey Gallo could be that guy he also plays really really good defense in right field he can make he can change a game with a swing of a bat Um, and when he gets hot he's hard to beat we just saw that against the A's in Oakland this week so uh, you kind of want a Joey Gallo but real quick I just want to give you some stats about the A's offense without Canna the last you know nine games they're scoring 3.33 runs per game and if you take out Saturday's extra inning when they scored seven uh, they're at 2.8 runs per game which is not enough to get it done even in the National League where the pitcher hits that is not enough to get it done at the big league level and I I feel like not having Mark Canna in the A's offense at the top of the A's offense with his 380 odd base is like not having JB Wendelkin in the bullpen because it shifts everybody's roles and the A's don't have, they have depth, but they don't have a lot of good depth like that. JB Wendelkin is a solid baseball player and Mark Canna is an all-star level baseball player. You take those out of this offense, they're going to struggle. And I think that that's kind of what they run up against. I know that, you know, there's going to be a lot of think pieces about Mark Canna on on all that stuff, but I think that it is that simple. It's yeah. Tony Kemp is very good. He has been doing great in the leadoff position for the course of the year. Look at his, his splits when he's batting first, they're really, really good. And he's, you know, got like a 380 on base. He's been a solid performer all season, but if he is the main guy at the top of the lineup, as opposed to a nice guy at the bottom of the lineup, it changes the complete complexion of the A's lineup. And that's where I think that they're running into a lot of trouble. And right now they're, you know, putting Armas Garcia or Seth Brown or Skybolt and the eight, nine holes. And that's not what you want at all. So that's, that's where the trouble is right now. It's Mark Canna, but it's deeper than Mark Canna as well. So that's why you need some outfield depth. Go get it, you guys. But uh, anyways, coming up on the show, I'm talking about Matt Olson being an all-star and Chris Bassett not being an all-star. So stay locked in with Locked On A's and I'll be right back. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to place a bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing. We are approaching the all-star break, you guys. I am very excited about watching a bunch of dingers leaving Coors Field, but uh, you can track all of the action over at Bet Online. They're going to have some great prop bets for that home run derby, so you got to check them out. You can get all of the latest news, odds, and info for all of your sporting needs, including baseball, the NBA, the NHL, and all of your UFC or MMA action. Before the next pitch, head on over to Bet Online 
online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get in the game as teams continue their runs for championships or cups or whatever they want to call them in their other sports. Head on over to their website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code Locked On. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Welcome back to the Locked On Ace podcast. If you guys are enjoying the show, make sure to subscribe wherever you like hearing podcasts. Follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I am at by Jason B on Twitter and in the Spotify Green Room app. And if you have any questions for us, please send those to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. So first things first, big congratulations to Matt Olson, who this season he has become arguably my favorite member of the Oakland Athletics that's not a member of the pitching staff because uh, I, I always gravitate towards pitchers first. So Chris Bassett, been loving what he's been doing. Shamanai has been one of my uh, my personal favorites for a very long time, just because of the guy that he is. Um, and then, you know, Matt Olson's getting into that realm as well, uh, partially because he's a handsome devil. That hair is amazing, and I love it. Uh, this is his first All-Star selection, so that is uh, a monumental thing. Congratulations to Matt Olson. He has the second-best fangrass war behind only Vladimir Guerrero Jr. in the American League, and he is third overall in all of baseball because Max Muncy is also uh, doing a really, really good job with the bat this season. So uh, that is very interesting. He has 2.6 wins above replacement. Vlad's a bit above him, and so is Max Muncy. But uh, he has a 152 WRC+, plus, which means he is 52% better than league average. He has 20 home runs, 51 runs scored, 53 runs batted in, and he hasn't been doing much the last two weeks. So these have been kind of stagnant stats for a while, and uh, he's still been that dang good. Uh, and is the big the big thing that everybody's talked about, I talked about it, you know, a couple of months ago at the beginning of the season, uh, and that is that his strikeout rate is nearly cut in half from last year. It's at 16.4% heading into, you know, I guess the off day. So he's been fantastic and he completely deserves it. Uh, even, you know, I know that every team gets an all-star, but he deserves to be on this roster even without filling the A's quota for, you know, members of a, of an all-star team. But uh, the thing that I do want to talk about, and it, at first I had misdirected some hate, but the A's do need some some help somewhere else because uh, I had originally scheduled my hate for Shohei Otani. I love Shohei Otani, but uh, they put him at as a starting pitcher. I was like, well, why not just put him at DH? And then I was like, oh, he's at both. Never mind. So uh, that doesn't necessarily matter for the argument that I had planned, but it does mean that they don't need three friggin' DHs on this roster. There are four outfielders on the American League roster and three DHs. How does that make any sense? Uh, I think that that's very, very silly. You don't need Shohei Otani, who's the best DH, and then JD Martinez, who's also a good DH, and then Nelson Cruz. Uh, well, Nelson Cruz has to be there because he's the best hitter on the Minnesota Twins, and they needed a representative, so he may. So J.D. Martinez does not need to be in this All-Star game. You can give that spot to another outfielder. I don't know. Maybe Mark Canna. Maybe well, Mark Canna definitely deserves to be there, whether or not he is on the injured list, because here's my reasoning. Uh, one, he's been amazing. He's hitting 255 with a 375 on base and a 135 WRC+. He is fourth in war among all American League outfielders. So at the very least, he should be at the top of the reserve list, whether or not he's hurt. If he is hurt, then he can say, no, thank you. I'm hurt. But you, you give the guy the recognition. I think that that means a lot. And that's something that baseball just misses the mark on. And it, it's 
just maddening. Yeah, somebody had you know a hip tweak, and he's going to miss two games or two weeks before the All Star break, so now he doesn't get to be an All Star. No, no, that is absolutely ridiculous. Get that out of here. Uh, also, he should have been named over Adelise Garcia of the Texas Rangers, who's hitting 270 with a 307 on base. So basically, he's all power and a little bit of batting average and uh, no on base. He doesn't have, you know, skills necessarily because uh, Mark Canna has 70 points on him in on base. Mark Canna is the guy that you want up at the plate. He also has a higher WRC plus. He has more in war. He's just a better player overall, and he didn't make it because he got hurt for a couple of weeks before the All-Star game, and that's that's just silly to me, and I don't get it, and I don't understand why the Pittsburgh Pirates, one of the worst teams in baseball, have two All-Stars. Uh, that's more than the Mets, more than the A's, more than the Tampa Bay Rays, who were in the World Series last year, and also a very good team this year. Uh, that's also, uh, and they're all-star nominations are less than the Angels, and I know that the Angels have Mike Trout, and he's hurt right now, so his opening or his not being there may leave a spot open for uh, Mark Canna, but they're probably not going to name another injured guy to just have him bow out. Uh, I think that they missed that opportunity, and I think that that's absolutely atrocious. Sorry, there's uh, there's fireworks going off in, in the background, so that's what that noise is. I apologize. Um, and then also the, the Texas Rangers have three all-stars of their own, and that is absolutely ridiculous to me because they are not a good baseball team. And yeah, Joey Gallo's been good. Uh, has he been better than Mark Kenna? Also, no. Uh, has Adelise Garcia been better than Mark Kenna? Also, no. Kyle Gibson's been absolutely fantastic. Sure, he deserves to be there. So they only need one. Uh, or you could name Mark Kenna to the All-Star game, you know, like you should have. Have him be like, no, I'm hurt. And then name the guy you were going to anyway. It's not that hard, baseball. Just Come on, you guys. Also, Chris Bassett needs to be in there, and I assume that they're going to give him the the uh, the Shane Bieber spot because Shane Bieber is currently hurt, so uh, he's going to have to bow out, and I assume that Chris Bassett is going to get that spot because he absolutely deserves that spot. And I know that he's kind of an acquired taste where you don't like look at his stats and be like, oh my God, he's amazing, or you don't like watch a highlight and you're like, this guy's the best pitcher that I've ever seen. Like, you know, DeGrom, or he doesn't have that 0.5 ERA like Jacob DeGrom. Uh, he doesn't have the stuff of of a Garrett Cole or, you know, that the heater of I don't know, Noah Syndergaard. I, I like Noah Syndergaard. So that's why I went with him and I'm looking forward to his return. But uh, what if you watch Chris Bassett on a day-to-day -day basis and he should have gotten more votes because people have seen him pitch on a day-to-day -day basis, he will go out there and gut out a start and that is something that deserves all-star recognition and he didn't get it, but he, he damn well better is all I'm going to say because Chris Bassett has been everything that you want an ace to be and he hasn't been needing the sticky stuff to do it garrett so uh that that is my rant about the all-star game coming up i'm going to be talking about whether the ace can hit good pitching so stay locked in with locked on ace and i'll be right back Today's episode is brought to you by the best tasting protein bar in the world, and that is Built Bar, my friends. And right now, only this week, from July 6th through the 9th, they have a new Built Bar flavor. I've mentioned it before, and it is absolutely amazing. It is Grasshopper Cookie. Grasshopper, not the bug, the flavor, which is like mint. It's like a mint cookie. It is absolutely fantastic, and it tastes like a classic thin mint cookie, you know, like the ones that you get from the Girl Scouts, but this one is a protein bar. It's absolutely amazing for you, and it's all of the flavor without that sugar. It's 150 calories with 17 grams of protein and only 5 grams of sugar. 
So to get your hands on some of these delicious flavors that they have over at Built Bar, all you got to do is go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you will get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. And Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. Isn't that amazing? Go to BuiltBar.com and run fast like a track star. Welcome back to the Locked On A's podcast. If you guys are enjoying this show, then you may also thoroughly enjoy the Locked On Today podcast where they're talking about the NBA playoffs, the NHL playoffs. Everything is going down right now in other sports. And also they talk about baseball. So uh, get all the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. You can also follow this podcast wherever you get podcasts. Like where you're listening to this now is a great place to follow the podcast you can also follow us on social media at locked on a's on twitter and instagram i am at by jason b on twitter and in the spotify green room app and if you have any questions for us please send those to lockdownathletics at gmail.com so i was i had written the first two segments and i had a good idea but i was like what do people want to hear about in segment three so i posed the question on twitter just on a whim and rob reached out and i liked his answer so i did a little bit of thinking and it's not stat heavy it there there are some stats but it's not stat heavy so rob says i would like to hear how this group could hit good pitching in the playoffs i don't see it would need more than a gallo even uh and I mean, after this series, you got to agree. They had four hits. They got shut out in one game. They scored one run in another against a potential playoff contender in the Boston Red Sox or a playoff opponent, I I should say. Um, And I mean, the easy answer for me, and that's kind of the Billy Bean school of thought because that's how I grew up was reading Moneyball and believing that his bleep doesn't work in the playoffs. So the easy answer is uh, they don't need to put up seven or eight runs every game in October. It would be great if everyone was uh, just mashing every game and you you had the absolutely on fire versions of Mark Hanna and uh, Matt Chapman, Matt Olsen, Ramon Laurie. Mariano was showing up. You got the Chad Pender from the 2020 playoffs. If you had all of those guys operating on, you know, just going full blast, full bore, then yeah, this, this team's amazing. But that's not how baseball works. So they're going to have to really, really dominate situational hitting, I think, for them to have success in the postseason. So I looked up some of their their runners in scoring position uh, stats. And I know that uh, they have not been as good lately and it has been absolutely maddening, but the A's actually ranked eighth in baseball, in all of baseball, in batting average, which I know batting average, but the reason I'm using batting average here, and I know that this is usually very uh, sabermetric oriented, but batting average means that you're getting an actual hit and not just a base hit where a hit could be a double, it could be a triple, it could be a home run, it could be you know, uh, a, a single that moves the runner from first to third. It could be, oh, I guess, a second to home if we're going with runners in scoring position. But uh, you get the point where a hit matters a little bit more in these situations than just a walk. So that's why I'm focusing on batting average. And I know that it sounds silly, but that is why I'm focusing on that. So the A's rank eighth in batting average in baseball on uh, batting average with runners in scoring position. They're hitting 260 with a 347 on base, which is seventh in baseball. And that is actually tied with the vaunted Toronto Blue Jays and their entire offense. They're as good as the Blue Jays, if you want to take it that way. So they've been a fairly decent offense, you know, top top third of baseball in 
hitting with runners in scoring position. They also have a 741 OPS, which is not as great. So they're getting those singles. They're not necessarily getting those uh, doubles and home runs as much. It's a 741. It's 16th in baseball. So that's not terrible but you would like to see that be a little bit higher hitting those big home runs in big situations. And uh, I mean, if you're just batting with a runner on second, you don't necessarily need a home run, but why, why settle for one when you can get two is, is what I always say. <laughs> but uh, I did want to point this out just real quick. The Yankees, uh, before I say this, the Yankees, I, you can see where I'm going with this. So you can kind of pick which team you want out, the, out of this. But if you had to put together a lineup, would you want the A's lineup or the Yankees lineup? Answer now. Boom. Okay. So here's why uh, you're wrong. If you said the Yankees, the Yankees are ranked 29th in baseball, in batting average with runners in scoring position. They're only ahead of the Pittsburgh Pirates. They're hitting 222 with a 330 on base, which is 17 points lower than the A's, and a 648 OPS, which is almost 100 points lower than the Oakland Athletics, who everybody seems to rag on for their runners in scoring position woes. And uh, it's cyclical. It goes, you know, year to year. It's some guys, you know, Matt Olson's having an MVP type season. He probably won't get it because Otani's, you know, an absolute beast and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is uh, an absolute phenom. But Matt Olson should be in the third conversation. I would say he should be a finalist for the MVP with the way that he's been hitting over the course of the entire season. So if you're going to tell me that that Matt Olson is going to be showing up in the playoffs and then we might get this current version of Matt Chapman as well. I'd like their chances a little bit better at hitting that good pitching. I don't have stats for how the A's do against, you know, only Lucas Giolito and, you know, the the absolute best of the best, these Cy Young contenders every year. I don't have those stats because the A's have not faced Garrett Cole this year. And uh, he's also been using sticky stuff. There are a lot of absolute variables. So I'm going runners in scoring position because that is usually what makes or breaks a team in the playoffs, I think. And playing clean baseball, which is something that we did not see in that series against the Red Sox over the weekend. On Saturday, they scored two unearned runs. And then there was that sack bunt miscommunication, which, you know, I love Tony Kemp. I think that he's fantastic. But um, there was that miscommunication. You cannot have that stuff in the postseason because that is what will sink your season. It's not necessarily whether or not they can get a hit off of Lucas Giolito, or if you get, you know, two walks and three hits in a game, but they all come in the same inning, you can score five runs in that inning and be absolutely fine, you know, on paper, but you didn't get any hits or on base at all in the other eight innings. So it's a matter of taking advantage of the situations that you're getting. And that's what the A's have been doing a fairly good job of. Can they do it against the best pitchers in baseball? I don't know. Uh, they, they're going to have to figure out a way to beat both the Chicago White Sox, who are up, you know, they've upgraded massively since last year. Their pitching staff is absolutely ridiculous, and uh, their offense is going to be a lot better by the time that the postseason rolls around. And the, the Houston Astros, I think those are the two teams that scare me right now. The Boston Red Sox, they came in absolutely scorching in this series, and it felt like the A's gave them two out of three in this series. So uh, they're not necessarily a scary team. They've played the Rays hard already. Um, The Blue Jays could be a scary team if they get some pitching at the deadline, but right now it's basically the Houston Astros. They got to figure out how to beat the Astros. Either keep them out of the playoffs or beat them in the postseason. That is what they need to work on right now. It's situational hitting. And they they rank 21st in at-bats 
with runners in scoring position. And that is something that I think that they could work on right there is getting more of those opportunities to cash in on as opposed to needing to be elite at cashing in on those opportunities. If you get, you know, five or six opportunities a game, obviously it doesn't work out every game because that's baseball. But if you become a team that's always just putting the pressure on the pitchers, they break down eventually. That's going to have some wear and tear on both the starting pitcher that day and the bullpen for that day and the series. So the A's already work pitch count and stuff, but if they can put a lot of pressure on you guys, I think that that could pay some dividends. So, uh, can they do it? I, I have no idea because I think that it's just a matter of how hot a team is when they get to the postseason and all of that stuff that goes into that, whether or not their stuff is working at that point in time. But can the A's do it? I think that the, any team can do it. We've seen the Giants do it a bunch of times. Um, I don't know that it's a contact approach or if it's a power approach. I've seen so many different teams win in the postseason. Um, I think that the A's are a veteran team now. They've got some nice veteran guys like Elvis Andres, who I've been you know, beefing up a lot on this podcast all season. He hit a home run. I didn't mention that. He hit a friggin' home run, you guys. Let's all celebrate. Yes. <laughs> but this team... They can't make a ton of personal changes right now. So it's what can they do to upgrade and where can they get the most value for what they have available to offer to other teams? And Joey Gallo seems like one of those guys where he's a big power bat. He's going to help you on defense. I think that that's good. They can go get an Adam Frazier, but is he going to be great at on offense, you know, for the entirety of the season? This feels like the first half was an outlier for him. And is his defense going to be good enough? Is it better than Joey Gallo? I don't know. Can he change a game like that? Or is he going to move the line? Or if his bat goes cold, does he offer anything else to this team? I don't know. So he's a bit of a question mark. You could go after him because he has a better contact rate. But once the A's get Mark Canna back, I think that they're going to you know, be hitting the ball a little bit better. Uh, whether or not he comes back before the All-Star break, it sounded like no. But then also maybe um, it's up in the air. I would assume that they would keep him out just because give him the time off. He doesn't need to come back for, you know, come back for two more games against the Texas Rangers. Uh, they should legitimately be able to win those games, but <laughs> they haven't been able to yet. Um, but anyways, that is all that I got for you guys today. Those are just a bunch of my thoughts. Um, hopefully that helped answer your question, Rob. I have no idea. <laughs> We're going to find out uh, at the same exact time. I'll, I'll put in, you know, some more research as the season wears on and they face some of those better pitchers. I mean, the A's are going to be facing some good pitchers this week in Houston. So uh, that's that's going to be exciting. Wee! Anyways, that's all that I got for you guys today. Tomorrow, I'm talking about the A's and Astros series, getting you guys ready for that. So uh, until then, go out and celebrate Elvis Hondra's home run, Oakland, and I will talk at you on tomorrow. Tomorrow.